My guest today on Never Ever Give Up Hope is Michael McGrooch. Michael's dyslexia and dysgraphia, which is hand-eye coordination, forced him to develop an awareness of seeing the world purely from a human perspective. Creating art completed his awareness of what it is to be human, our habitat nature, and how to be the steward for our habitat and next generations. During his interview, you will be challenged and inspired to become the best you that each of us can be for yourself. You do not want to miss this interview. Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Michael Magruch is an Austrian Californian artist, awareness, creativity educator, speaker, and author of five books related to art. He is an advocate for helping understand neurodiversity. Now there's lots of questions in there I believe that my audience is going to have just from that intro. So let's start first of all, Michael. Welcome and tell us your backstory. I'm so glad I'm here. Uh, thank you, Carol, for giving me a canvas to paint. Uh, I was born in Vienna, Austria, and I was a sick child. And they helped me back and I went to school with seven. And I found out in school very quickly that I am not be the person that can regurgitate uh, content. Uh, I couldn't read. Uh, I stuttered. Oh. I have, um, um, I just, I, and in Europe, you, you, you're going to be held back. So I was like, you know, 15 with 12 year olds. And then I couldn't repeat uh, grades anymore. And then I just had to say, okay, you know, when the system is, doesn't know what to do with an individual, they say, okay, do whatever you need to do. Uh, but you can't repeat the class anymore. In retrospect, I would have probably waited till nine and then did homeschooling. That that would, in today's time, this was 40 years ago, in today's times, it would be hold that kid back uh, till he can catch himself and then, you know, homeschooling. But then I wouldn't have learned the the social skills because I learned, I, was, I had to 100% rely on my social skills. After the the school debacle that I couldn't do uh, 
I had to do all kinds of odd jobs. And I was always drawn, like all the adolescents are, uh, to music and art. And that kind of kept me in the loop, basically, in the human loop. Hmm. And so I, you know, I taped, uh, I was a DJ. I sold tapes out of my trunk. I produced fashion shows. I went into advertising. I, you know, was one of the you know, first people that did uh, digital media, like videotape. Really? Yeah, in, in Europe, yeah, 40 years ago. Oh, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, and I did that. And then, and then I, uh, when I was about 30, uh, I, you know, I did all kinds of stuff. And then when I was 20, 22, I moved to America because it was too systemic. You had to be, had to have a title. That's why you have in Russia all the, the cab drivers, the doctors. You had to systemically be have a degree, have a, at least a high school diploma or whatever, and I didn't have that. So I went to America because not because oh I think I will keep it there, but more um, that I um, that I found that I, I knew in school there's something new that I had. I'm going to America and check it out. But not more than that. It wasn't like a, you know a big insight and uh -huh, America. Uh -huh. So I went went when I was eighteen the first time here, with friends traveled traveled you know west coast to east coast, and then I found out I, that wasn't enough. I you know I that, that I wasn't finding what I was looking for. Hmm. And then uh, like two years later, like when I was twenty two or three years later. I got a job, you know, I got a job off of basically in Boston and in LA. And I, for some reason, I was attracted to the LA, even though I, I hated LA when I first visited. <laughs> and so I, I don't know how I chose that, but still LA was this, the thing. And so uh, then I, you know, traveled around, did odd jobs, did whatever I could do. I mean, I started as a, as a, houseboy and butler and you know then i wor worked into f uh into a in the new uh deregulated uh um uhf uh, uh television industry uh -huh, uh -huh. and then so by 30 I, I looked at i had to do another resume and i couldn't believe it uh like everything was art so that was a pivotal decision at that time where i saw it i said listen I'm not a famous artist. I'm not a thing, but art was basically saving my life. And I couldn't be an accountant because I couldn't do school. Good For point. me, I was an artist because of default, you know, logical default. And not like what, what people say is usually, you know, you create something and the society says, oh, you're an artist, therefore you're deemed to be an artist. And and that's that was not my in my case. And I know a lot of famous artists, they are still thinking, you know, hey, uh, I'm not seeing myself as an artist. Hmm. So, so because it's, it's given, it's not, it's, you're not deciding it or recognizing it. And it's actually only in the recognition of self that you, that you can be an artist because it doesn't matter what systemically, how good you are. It's like saying, you know, uh, Carol, you're a great woman. In, for me and you, 
but in the system you're not the best woman that you can be this, mm -hmm. this is what disturbs us so much mm -hmm. this viewing humanity through systemic uh, values and so i caught myself an artist when i was 30 and then i uh, you know i wrote five books during my because i was also arts commissioner of newport beach uh, I worked with Robert Evans, who did The Godfather, and I lived in, in his house and, and worked with him. But it wasn't fulfilling. None of that was fulfilling. I thought it was. And this is what I learned. When you think something is systemically promoted as, oh, my God, this is, all, you know, I want to be Beyonce. I want to be Jay-Z. I want to be Frank Sinatra. It's not like it seems. It's not like it's sold from, from the systems to you. When you work for 30, 20, 10 years for, for a goal, I want to be Sinatra. I want to be Elvis Presley. I want to be Beyonce. I want to be all these people, the success. Uh -huh. I want to be Elon Musk, right? Uh -huh. So when you look at that, and let's say all the cards of going your way, and then you, you arrive there, and then you realize it's not what I, what I expected it to be. It thought it will give me fulfillment. It gives you a, a, a short jolt of fulfillment of because course. you know you did it right. right, but it doesn't it doesn't give fulfill your life at all. One thing I want to ask you, just back up uh, two questions actually. First of all, you said that you were working with somebody that did the Godfather. What do you mean by that? Robert Robert Evans was the longest uh, the longest chief of Paramount. He uh, created Love Story, Rosemary's Baby, uh, Godfather 1, 2, uh, I mean, Endless, okay. Popeye. Okay. So, <laughs> in case, you know, I, I thought he's just a, he, he was such a, such a legend that was great. And he invited me to, to live and co-produce something with him. So, okay. So that's why. So I did all this and uh, right. all these art related things. So yes, I said, yes. Like for, for my first book was, um, or second book was, uh, Dangerous Blood. It was a screenplay that was already in pre-production, but then he passed away. Yeah, that that was the first. This was the first. Uh, the Dangerous Blood was uh, the first book uh, because I read so many scripts while I was with Robert that mm -hmm. I that I thought I can I have a story to tell, uh, and I I kind of put in perspective how hard it is to write a script. And, and so I realized that I got to write that down. So, so basically I learned while writing. Mm. And, uh, and so I, the other books I wrote was because when I was arts commissioner of Newport Beach, I saw how art was placed completely wrong. It was all about let's get the financing for this artwork oh, let's point. get the donation and then put it <laughs> right. you know put it in the in the cell of somewhere it's yes. like it was so there was no sense but they thought the you know a foundation or, or a museum if they contributed to to create that piece of art wherever it's gonna go in the city that's it and nobody really the most important thing is to expose people to art and to have it in the best form that you can expose it, like in a gallery. You, you're not going in a gallery and the, the art lays on the floor. Would you say it was lacking passion then, the motive? Uh, it, it was, the, no, it, you know, it's so funny that you asked that. 
It wasn't lacking passion because the passion was there, but the passion went in the systemic. Uh. In the in the in the we got we had a goal, we achieved the goal, we got the financing, we erected that statue, but it wasn't the human centric way. What should art do in the first place? I see to inspire us, right? To to uh, bewitch us, to you know, to engage us, to to make us you know, give us a sense of aesthetics. And that was, it was so, we are so system. And I haven't thought of this before, unless you asked that, because I didn't know it went so far back, the awareness that I have now about system relevant living versus human centric living. And, and, and we are all run by, by money. And so we want to just get it over with to go to the next thing because our money runs out. We're living in a continuous <laughs> lack. I mean, everyone, every every business that you create has the energy of lack in built in it because you know you have a first quarter and you get a little bit of fulfillment when you when you hit the goal or surpass the goal. Then you have a second one. It starts over and over because a static thing cannot survive if you don't you know start over again. That's why we have wars. That's why we have uh, a economic crisis. You need to crash it or start from the beginning to keep a static thing going. But humans are exponentially growing. And these most systems, as you see, they're all collapsing right now. They're outdated. They're not bad. I'm not against systems at all. But the unawareness that we need systems, but we need to have them human-centric versus human uh sacrifice and submit to them what you say is a symptom of what we do so the 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 cause is you are the best person that you can be the best human that you can be and not for you or not for anybody else but for me by that if i can be the best michael that i can be with my neurodiversity with my sickness with all that stuff then i fulfill my part of the whole and help every human being on this planet because we are all interlinked. We are 8 billion people that are all interlinked and I can show you how, if you and I start singing right now, (laughs) 8 billion people will understand it. They might not like it, but they will understand it. (laughs) If it's a happy song or it's an angry song or it's whatever. So we have a language. We have, we have six senses. Six means if you resonate with somebody or not. So we have six senses. And we have a, a, a language that is for 8 billion people, one language. Because if, if I even draw something with you, every one of those, unless they're blind, but everybody else will understand what, what, what this is or will have an emotional effect on it and uses, that's why art is so important because you use your six senses, you're forced to use it, especially when you not understand it. When you categorize this is a cat, then you know it's a cat. It's not there's not much more because you don't even give it more attention. But if I make something and you look at it, and by looking, you're going into your logic and your mind, and then you go back in your senses and you find out, oh my god, this is a cat. I didn't see that. And that's fulfillment. That, okay. that okay. discovery is fulfillment. And then it's wonderful. It's it's, but we don't give that any attention. We don't give wisdom any attention, even though wisdom is higher than any knowledge, any system knowledge, linear knowledge. 
we don't give it, it, it attention and not because we're mean and not we are greedy and we are mongering hungry we are just unaware you can't blame somebody that is unaware. right exactly right so i i wrote down a quote from you and i'd like you to explain it to the audience please mm -hmm. how does this affect man-made systems like technology science economy and generalized knowledge to change systems to be more human adaptable the awareness first you have to be aware in the situation that you are if you are a fish you have to aware that your your environment is water. If you're a human, you have to be aware that the habitat that you are living in a city like New York, for example, okay, is an artificial habitat with its own rules, own culture, own ways of life. But that's not humanity. What you see on, on news, for example, is system disturbed humans that do systems disturb system stuff. So you see, not Carol and, uh, and Michael, you know, have a great interview and they had a great, nobody cares about that in media. People will care about it, but not, not, not in media. But if you call me anything, I get crazy, tear my clothes off, we are in media. Now look at this, if we do that every day, nobody huh. looks at media. Yeah. So it wants the lot, it's, so this is, and, Everybody links to media because we are by DNA inclusive and we get a false perspective of what it is to be human. We say all human are bad. And you know, you know, doing podcasts, you know, I think you have 300 episodes or something. You know, just you mean, you know, all the people or most of the people were like what you read on, or see in media? No. Human are benevolent, they're inclusive. And they can adjust with the six senses to each other, to all, all, eight, all eight billion people. And it, it's harmony and balance. We are part of nature. We can harmonize with those six senses and adapt. So where does somebody start to, to become more aware? Listen to this interview. That, I mean, that, there's really nothing to do in awareness. You just keep listening to the, just repeat it or mm -hmm. listen to others of me, you get aware by listening. There's no steps. There's no, because okay. that's instantly systemic. And I know sometimes systemic uh, steps help you become aware because uh, uh, when, when, for example, women are not equal treated, even though they are equal by nature or races or sexualities, right, right. you can't make that systemically right you cannot make war systemically right that has to come from human that is a systemic problem at war you know it's it's run by war, uh, by systems and it's it's tr trying the system tries to make it better and it costs only more money and more people dying 300,000 in, right. in in the current war and it's just it's just a complete waste of life energy and you need to have the awareness because you're not aware that the beggar and the billionaire are using the whole energy to think the billionaire to keep them, you know, think they both think about lack of money. Uh -huh. The billionaire to keep keep his lifestyle and the, and the beggar to 
uh, to get some money. It's 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 if the system was perfect, that wouldn't happen. It would be just one. It wouldn't be both because the system says either or, right? Uh, win or lose. So the billionaire should be totally fulfilled, but billionaires and millionaires kill themselves. Exactly. No, because they live that system false the false system dream. When you get to the goal, everything will be fine. And it's worth to sacrifice you. That's a advertising for keep keep give us your life worse in the systems. That really puts it into perspective. I thank you for that. That was a very good explanation. Well, We're going to take a quick fifteen second break and when we come back we definitely are going to continue our conversation and also want to talk about your podcast and what you have coming up. We'll be right back. Carol Graham would like to show you the path from misery to miraculous triumph in her fast-paced memoir, Battered Hope. She relates her determination to succeed as someone who experienced one horrendous nightmare after another. Gang raped and left for dead, loss of a child, husband falsely imprisoned, and cancer. Nothing could break her tenacity or faith. No matter what you face, heartache, loss, suffering or injustice, Carol will illustrate how she became a victor the same way you can. The secret is to never, ever give up hope. Order your copy at Amazon or batteredhope.blogspot.com. Continuing our conversation on Never Ever Give Up Hope today with Michael McGrush. This has been really interesting definitely stimulating and I just want to know if you could Michael just maybe bring some clarity to people who have not yet grasped what you are trying to share with us yeah if I could do this in a little paragraph it's like my because I could not fit in to systems I found that life is not just you know a system a system it's it's system is a human a man-made habitat because we are human centrically meaning human centrically means we are, are a collaborative creator animal mm-hmm. of nature that in my thesis is self-aware not because it's the best and it's you know nothing counts and nothing else counts it is self-aware that if I show you how to cut those trees and then, you know, I make a little hut out of it, that you can repeat that. And ultimately it will be, because we expand and grow, a city like New York, Singapore, or Google, or Apple. That's why we are self-aware, because we are collaborative create animals. We're not create animals by ourselves, which is... It's so weird when you are going in the woods and being by yourself on sabbatical, you're still not being alone because you talk to yourself. We all talk to ourselves. We are such a social animal that we even went alone. We are, we are, we are in communication. So we need that. We Mm -hmm. need that other human. We need that other person. And if we don't have it, we talk to ourselves. I like that. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. And then the system system relevant stuff is how do I, okay, so how do I navigate 
in uh, a dollhouse or in a monopoly game we created, but that isn't nature. It it it, it is it, it has other rules, other regulations. Uh, what's important is in a system is not important in nature. What's important in nature, system has to do just a minimum to to fulfill that. And our teeter tottering between mm. being actually a system cent a, a human centric human, a collaborative, uh, a part of nature, collaborative creator animal, and then teeter tottering in. Okay, we have we have feelings. We like somebody. We we, we have sexual urges. We have uh, we we have passion, and we bring that into a completely artificial environment that we created. So the teeter tottering costs a lot of energy. But if you're aware Absolutely, of it, absolutely yes. But if you're aware of it, we oh we're playing, and I'm not saying I said that monopoly game can keep keep continuing. We can play Monopoly. We all, you know, play games. But that isn't life. Life is not supposed to be, I have to have them, I have to be valuable, system relevant in the Monopoly game, like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. It's not required from you. Because by nature, by your existence, you are worthy. In nature, the nature doesn't make two million elephants. It, it, just, it just doesn't. Everything is always balanced. Also, nature doesn't get out of balance. It, if it goes out of balance, it adapts. Everybody is in touch with each other, and it constantly adapts, and harmony is the result. If a tribe runs out of food, they move somewhere else to get their food. And, and, and humanity in, in system relevance, more, more, more. There is only one rule. It has to be more, better, and so on. And the problem with that is... That is unnatural because in, in nature, you have a harvest that is great and then you have a harvest that isn't good. And you have to be that balanced that the harvest that isn't good eradicates you. In, in, in the system, system relevance is only one more, 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 better or cheaper, which the cheaper, which is the recent thing, you, I can give you so much for nothing. That is essentially suicide. Because a system that is ruled by financial principle that need to be always more and you go cheaper is pushing the money from one side to the other. It creates imbalance. And money is the greatest invention. Please don't think I, I'm against money. Money is the greatest invention after, after the wheel and fire. But financial principle and other system is uh -huh. completely outdated that I think the only only chance we have to is first of all be aware of it and your episode does that and then allow each one that listens to that episode fill in their thought forms and we all interconnected so right, we actually right. say hey we're gonna we're gonna solve that because we're limitless we created all this stuff. good point yes right yes. the fear of ai is completely Unworried that because it's not AI, it's the human uh, unaware. It's the human that would mi misuse. It's like bringing a bucket with razor blades and hand grenades in under the school playground, on, on, under the kindergarten playground. We have maturity, and maturity is not like system relevance wants to teach you. 
how much money or power you have or how many followers you have. Maturity right. is when you know that your child, adolescent, your adult is one and we moved in this place of time space and we are aware of ourselves that we are one of one and that's why we are one of one and and hone your senses and experience the moment and not be in mind construct what happens in 10 years and what happened in exactly uh, in the past yes now you made a statement i'd like you to expound a little bit on i mean you have touched uh-huh. on it but even a bit more and that is we have today such an overabundance of goods and services that we have become incapable of consuming. Perfectly. You are, you are great. This is going to be my, my favorite episode. <laughs> uh, no, no, this is absolutely great because it's the follow-up on, on what I said. It's if everything is more and if the system only goes in one direction, our system relevance and system relevant uh, life goes only in the monopoly into more, better, faster. It's also exhilarating the lack because everyone at all, we, we talked about it. Everybody is born with a lack because they're born in a system. They're born in a hospital, go to school, you know, uh, go to get a job. It, that, those are all system is religious, goes in religion is, you know, political party. Those are all systems. And that's the, that's the, that's the problem. There is so much the time exhilarates because every system Every system is based on financial principles. Mm-hmm. And so the system are, are competing and, uh, about survival. And they're competing about who gets, you know, the religious thing. They say, oh, my God, we're running out of money. Even, even nonprofit mm-hmm. needs money. It's financial principles. And it's more and more and more. It doesn't need enough. And so there is no, because they took out of nature what is enough? There's a very strong feeling of what is enough in nature. That is completely, we got uh, uh, reconditioned in systems that the, the, the factor of enough isn't there. So we keep pushing, pushing, pushing more. And basically, we have become, we have adapted, which is our third superpower. First is creativity. Second, is human dialogue, what we're doing now, not system dialogue, better, I'm better, you are worse. Uh, it's just human dialogue where both fill in the blanks for each other. And the third is adaptability. So we have ad- adapted ourselves so much that we believe that we are the best create animals. We li- really, mm-hmm. We're really standing up to our natural human relevant cause of collaborative great animal because when you look at artists or anybody today everybody's a, a website everybody has a present everybody looks like a millionaire so not only do we we pretend to be part of that systemic hierarchy that everything is okay and we are all the big shots and everybody wants a leader nobody wants to be a team member but we right. have created so much so many services and so perfectly, and AI is going to only make that more perfect, we have done so many services that we don't have the time to absorb that. To, to, if I don't find you by chance, I don't think technology had anything to do with it. We saw each other, and, and I, I 
you know, I applied and you responded. So this is, but if we don't, if the human aspect is out of this, mm. it's nothing. Right. So let's right. say AI is coming and we say, okay, so AI is going to link us up and we don't need to check it, it us out even. We trust AI 100%. And then you say, and then we do the thing, but then, 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 then you have, I have the perfect host, I have the perfect, you know, match. But nobody talks about, do I have time to have this interview? Do I have time to prepare for this interview? Can this interview send? Because I have, AI gave me 50 interviews every day. You know, what happened when, when the computer came on the cell phone? You know, we had... 10 letters, a bigger firm had 40 letters. Now everyone gets 150 emails. What AI is going to make this 300, 400 emails a day, and you believe I send them to you, one that you know. You don't have the time that AI saves you to go to digest the products that and mm, services that right, it, it serves. Right, right, right. So time is the biggest thing because it's not, see, that's system time. It's another system. The system time is not your biorhythm. The system time is not, you know, I mean, we, we, we adjust the daylight savings. We, had, we, 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 we say, oh, screw that when the sun goes up. We are the system. We are the thing. And you just get up an, an hour early or an hour later. We completely systemize the humans. And that's why AI will have it so easy because we are completely unaware of our worth and our limits that we can that we have. Well, my head is spinning. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm listening, and I know I'm going to have to listen to this more than once. Just as I'm hoping that yeah. the audience will do the same. Now, tell us about your podcast. What do you discuss there, and what it what is the theme? And I want to say to that what you just said. You, it's foreign. Once you listen a couple of times, you integrate it mm, and then it becomes okay, awareness. Okay. It's just for it's a foreign language. Right. I'm basically speaking a foreign language to you because <laughs> we are so we and that's a proof to yourself. We are so system conditioned that we only understand system conditioned language. Uh, it's like you know a doctor speaks their own language, their culture. Right. And the, I get the it. Yep. Understand. Yep. So my podcast is thirty seconds. I don't want to take a lot of time from you, and also I. Because of my neurodiversity, I couldn't edit or anything. It just, I could, but it would take, uh, you know, eight times as long. It takes me a lot of time just making one right, quote. Right, I understand. I write those, you know, I've written 500 quotes and I go over them, you know, till now. I constantly add to them, but I, I, I reshuffle them, reword them. So in one quote, I can give you a lot of wisdom. Okay. And uh, and a question, and it's it's for our first superpower, creativity, and primarily in creativity, art, because just, art is the purest form of creation because it doesn't have a purpose. So it's not neutered by any way to, okay, there's a purpose of making a new shoe. There's still a shoe. Art is just creating for creation's yeah. sakes. And you allow, you know, art and art doesn't want anything else but being created and exposed. But it doesn't say you have to have 100,000 followers and you need to sell a piece of art for right, $5 right. million. Dollars. And what's the name of it? Oh, uh, the Smart of Art 
The Power of Art and Creativity. Okay, excellent. Now, your books. Can you capsulize possibly and just share who should read them and possibly just what they're a little, a little bit about what they're about? Dangerous Blood, screenplay, very good story, still holds up today. It's because it's a human centric story. Okay. It's not a systemic story. Um, uh, the How to Place Public Art uh, and All Kind Art. I, you know, you see certain blurbs on on websites how to hang a picture or something but there's no uh, collective um uh you know uh, information source how to do public art regular art your art at home and how to look at art so that's i made that, that that's uh, how to hang public art and okay all other art. and then the other one is uh, i did 300 uh, it's called imagination 300 paintings in three days i did <laughs> uh, did a project i did 300 paintings in three days abstract obviously because i'm neurodiverse uh but but it um it was so wonderful the the revelation uh, revelation that you know i thought i'm gonna know f- for like 20 pictures or 50 and then i'm, I'm gonna be out and i want to try it and i did and the, actually the, oh, the last 10 uh, and the last 10 were the best you know, really? It, yeah. Interesting. You're opening up. Okay. That, okay. You're opening up to that muscle of, you know, like you had an intuition to make a podcast and, you know, and your podcast is more and more adapting to who you are. And the same is when you open, you want to create, so you cr- open that, that channel between you, the physical and the non-physical you, because we go into non-physical every, every night we sleep. So you open that channel and all of a sudden stuff comes in and you don't have to even try to control it with your thought. It just comes in. Uh, perhaps that's also being in a moment. And then the next one was a German book uh, about art. And then uh, the last one was The Smart of Art, which is basically got me to all this about system relevance and human centric, where I wanted to figure out why 99% of artists are poor uh, in the world. It's not just specifically to India or America or Europe. Everybody has the same problem. And uh, I dove into it and I found that the reason is because art product, which is the, you know, it's the, it's the product is the, is systemic uh, uh, commodity. So if people like it, it's it's valuable and you are hailed as an artist. If people don't like, you're not. And the real value is, which you see in me, I have zero education. I'm completely self-taught. I've learned everything from cre- collective uh, art creation with other artists and myself. Uh, and the, I mean, the awareness of everything, the human-centric uh, awareness that I got from art is priceless. I, cu- I couldn't pay for that education. Well, you've definitely stimulated our thoughts. There's no question there. Now, in conclusion, is there anything that you want to leave with the audience? What's missing is that look at perspective as more valuable than context. Context is a keyword. It's a it's a keyword. Uh, you know, I'm a medical knowledge or a specific, you know, niche. Perspective is is everything because 
till 50, I hit the wall. And nothing has changed, not money, no job, no relationships, nothing has changed of any of those things. Lived in the same house, everything. And just becoming aware of, and more and more diving in because it's so exhilarating because all of a sudden, you know, I'm not wrong. My life isn't wrong. This is what it is. And now I understand why it went the wrong way and why I went the wrong way. And uh, it is, it is, it is that um, uh, what life are you living? Human centric or a system relevant? And if the human centricity has more value, then the system relevance will be easier. So if, if I know as a human what my puzzle piece is with you, for example, when I experience that, then it's easier for me to say, okay, the experience that I had with Carol was this, and then now I know what I do in systems. I'm not going to be mm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not going to be that, you know? So it's it's more aligned. And then it could be also, it's it's more, my, my system relevance is very, very funny, is my perspective. Because nobody has or verbalized the perspective like I have. I'm an out-of-the-box thinker, but not systemically out-of-the-box. Hmm. I'm by nature out-of-the-box because I couldn't fit in the system. Right, right. And that that is my value. Well, thank you. This has been, again, stimulating and definitely enlightening and one that we will listen to more than once. I really appreciate, Michael, what you have shared today. And thank you so much for being on Never Ever Give Up Hope. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.